what it is what's up got podcast cut uh another 3 30 a.m production uh i wish i would stop doing this to myself this is hopefully more of a kind of a quick hitters less uh i i just thought more just reactionary uh in nature uh i have not seen all of the players off of here or maybe the majority of them i've seen some of the more popular snubs i've seen some of the more audacious additions um some of them may agree with some of them may not but i think that i have a decent enough knowledge of kind of 2000s players to kind of at least make this fun it seems like there may be a recency bias to some degree especially a uh, 2010s bias maybe um i don't know but i'm gonna assume that it's pretty much based on accolades or at least um not purely accolades because some of the guys that are not only here have some pretty you know notable careers, but maybe an impact if that if you can measure that uh, kind of I guess big of brand bigness of brand uh, and maybe it's a combination of a lot of different things because people get mad about the uh, the, the the basketball Hall of Fame, but like the basketball Hall of Fame is a combination of like different aspects of career and things off the court. Um, so if the NBA is trying to abide by the Nye Smith Basketball Hall of Fame, maybe they're kind of, you know, r- rubric of doing things that I think this would be very controversial. But people don't understand with these things that like, it's almost impossible to get them right, per se. Like, there's probably been, I would say, at least 50,000 players. I feel like that's just ballparking. Um if I could actually like guesstimate how many, if you could like do a quick multiplication, I can't. But like, if you could, you probably guesstimate. But I, just to be just to be, I guess, uh, safer, we'll say twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand players. Um, I mean, probably if you had a, a a hallmark of like reputable writers. Most of them probably lean to be older, you know, like 50 plus, give or take. But there's a lot of young writers that are hired nowadays that would have never even seen a, a Kevin McHale or, you know, you go back to Friday Night and Jerry West or Gail Goodrich or, you know, whoever, uh, Wilt. Um, so it's like, I mean, even like people that are older writers, would be like they'd be like damn near hitting dementia age that seen those type of guys play. So it's like you kind of have to project a little bit and kind of go off what other people said to some degree as well. And I, that happens to all other walks of life, like with NFL Hall of Fames or NFL rankings of such. A lot of times older players are pretty much left to this is what I heard or this is a film that I watched or this is what other very reputable writers said at this period in time. It's hard to just be like, okay, I was born in one, and now I'm talking about fucking – fucking whoever, you know, fucking Red Auerbach as an all-time great coach. Like, yeah, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, but with no further ado, we're kind of going to get into this. And I hope it's at least entertaining. That's one thing I'd least hope for. All right, I spoiled myself in the first one, but I think it's the right pick. Uh, if it, cause it, it, it seems like they're going with the nice enough way of viewing things. And if they do that, then... This is the best pick for number one, but um, so no further ado. They actually start with 76, which is weird because it's 75 players. 
I just had to get this guy in here. Pretty good, pretty good dude. Uh, James Worthy, uh, famous nowadays for the cigar smoking um, gif that came after, I believe, I believe after the 2019-2020 uh, finals when, um, you know, Dr. J, I'm not Dr. J, uh, <laughs> uh, I forgot, I forgot his name, I forgot his nickname, uh, but kind of that big uh, Showtime period, and uh, he held his own as a, as, a, as a brand name over the years. Uh, Dominic Wilkins, I believe that's the uh, chocolate, was it Chocolate Thunder or, or the uh, very famous Dunker, uh, Atlanta Hawks legend. Uh, I don't really know too much about his overall game other than like him having like that whole back and forth with Jordan and then getting like yammed on, and that was unfortunate for him. Uh, Lenny Wilkins, not much I can say about Lenny Wilkins, to be honest with you. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I feel like I should almost look at the uh, the not editions on here before kind of opining on whether or not a Russell Westbrook should be on there, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't I mean again it's a combination of accolades and you know it, it kind of maybe even potential to some degree. Uh but Russell Westbrook kind of just leaves a bad taste in your mouth as someone who's watched him currently. Uh Jerry West, uh all time greater, like one and nine the finals I believe seems that effect, but all-time greater kind of carried the Lakers for a while and you know come to work out with uh Will Chamberlain and got a you know ring or two so you know shout out to them uh Bill Walton uh maybe the bestest man of all time at least one of them uh Dwayne Wade number 70 Ooh, that's gonna be I know that makes a couple of piss uh Wade I think he is going to be probably the most underappreciated of the top five or six best two guards because I don't really think people have gave him a real shot at being close to Kobe. He kind of came pretty much to the end of Kobe's, like, uh, you know, Kobe and Shaq's tenure. And I guess because of that, you know, you're not going to think of him like, oh, well, you know, he ever really had equal footing as a youth, as, you know, him being, I guess, quote unquote, you know, young. I think him and Kobe damn near the same age. But um, you're not going to think of those two as, like, being, like, uh, even when Wade had his success, you know, 2005, you know, guys MVP, I don't think people view that hot start to his career as like being like, okay, this is this is comparable to Kobe, even though Kobe would have been in a pretty similar situation as far as just being a number one option with very little elite help as you got to the end 2000s Wade and the mid 2000s Kobe I think it was pretty similar situations and the only thing about it is that Wade's body kind of broke down from the things he had to do as number one option because you know he was his games like athleticism and uh the way he fell you know the way he lands uh or landed at that time um and you know he just never really was a, a shooter per se so his body didn't really handle the kind of stress he put onto it um, and Kobe kind of, I don't think Kobe had much injury problems, at least like long periods of games out injury problems when he was the only option for the, uh, mid 2000s Lakers. But I still have to say like now the discussion is pretty much like it's hard and better than Wade, uh, even without a ring. And I, I'm not gonna lie. I think he is, but I could, I, I could see why he would perceive that as disrespectful. Uh, Harden has had better roster, or at least better constructed rosters to his strengths. Uh, he's had more consistent rosters since pretty much 2015, I would say. Um, 
and he's won, you know, nothing of note. You can pretend, you know, oh, go to state. But I mean, relative to the league, I mean, I don't think Wade had many top three rosters around him. Uh, Again, I know that it's like a role cast, a role player cast, but the role player cast literally built around Harden. Um, I don't think that he's had anything that close to, you know, a top two, top three roster uh, in his time as number one option. I, I would contend that Harden had that at the very least in the, uh, with the Chris Paul period. Um, he didn't have really a bad roster after that. You know, it just became less able to function without him. Although with Westbrook, Westbrook did well as one option without Harden at a time. So I don't know. I, I think that as as ridiculous as I think Harden is, I think you could see why someone would view that as disrespectful to have a discussion. Uh, but I think it's in good faith, you know. If you take away the rings and accolades and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Harden could... If you took them at their peaks, like, let's say 2006, 2007, Wade, um, and then, like, 2000-whatever, Harden, when he was his peak, I mean, he's still crazy himself. Um... Harden's game would translate back then. I mean, Harden literally was cool without playing with fouls for a period of time as a number one option, or at least not gaming fouls as much. Um, and then Wade just did not have a shooter's touch uh, in that period of time. And I just think it would be hard as... I mean, like, like literally people get mad about saying this, but DeMar DeRozan's game is like quintessential 2000, 2000s, 90s, two-guard. And spacing just fucking kills him like i mean he was a top 25-ish player at a period of time with toronto but like he wasn't a great playmaker and made two guards when i asked to be great playmakers at a time i'm alluding to um and he was athletic as just about anybody you know at, at his peak um he wasn't a, i mean he didn't have i guess the intangibles of being like some super leader that you know, Wade against the Mavericks or Jordan against, you know, whoever, or Kobe against whoever. But, like, he's a he was a fucking, like, really talented two-guard that pretty much played a quintessential uh, 2000s two-guard game. And I, I think he is the best example of kind of how you need to just, to some degree, kind of be league average. I'm spending way too long on this. Uh, Wes Unsailed uh, passed away recently. R.P. Wes Unsailed. Um, did not watch much of his game, but shout out to him. Uh, Nate Thurman, a, one of the few Knicks legends. Uh, speaking of Knicks legends, uh, Isaiah Thomas up next. Um, I got it. I, I, I haven't watched too much of it, to be honest with you. I kind of I followed the narrative around Isaiah Thomas when I followed the game of Isaiah Thomas, but. You know, he's uh, definitely been underappreciated in me just because he has beef with... That's what happens to a lot of guys, is that they have beef or they're in contention against the better players of all time, and they kind of get lost in the woods. Like, I think Thomas went up against Magic uh, often. That was his rival. Um, he... Him and Jordan had a lot of shit. So, I mean, like, it's just he was stuck between, like, literally the two biggest basketball figures... You know, maybe two of the three biggest basketball figures of the time, you know, at least personalities wise. So, I mean, you just get lost behind that. Uh, John Stockton, yeah. Bill Sharman, and Dolph Shay. I feel like that's one of the probably two ones that really got a lot of people. Uh, I've seen Dolph, we had a kind of a, a discussion back when I was in high school of like really 
underrated names that had it really, really produ- uh, productive careers. You know, maybe per 36, relative to maybe their competition, relative to what the game was like at that period of time. And Dolph Shays is one of those guys kind of predicted well, kind of like a George Mikan. And, uh, and this is really another big one I can't even talk my head. But Dolph Shays, I think, is someone that statistically probably would um, get on here because of that and just maybe impact the game at one point in time. But having him above, like a, you know, Isaiah Thomas, I don't know about that. Uh, a lot of people are really just showing a lot of white players, period. Like white players that are not. You know, I mean, Stockton, probably the most respected white player I can think of, um, outside of Bird, West. That's that's a very short list, but I think that might be. I can't think of many of the players more respected that are Caucasian. I mean, maybe Steve Nash, but like Nash played. uh, you know, it was kind of a spawn in a sense of Stockton's parts of Stockton's games. I'm, I don't know. Stockton being that low is crazy. Uh, but he's an anti vassal so fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Bill Russell, 63rd. That's tough. That, that's tough, dude. Uh, he's below Dennis Rodman, David Robinson, Oscar Robinson, Willis Reed, Scottie Pippen, Paul Pierce, and Bob Pettit. Bob Pettit was the one I was thinking about um, as far as guys who was hooping like the 60s and shit, like just how do you evaluate them nowadays? I don't know. But, um... Bill Russell's 63rd, dude. That's... Bill Russell's accolades, dude. And kind of the impact he had. I know he was on... Essentially the first super team relative to the competition. Uh, ever. Really. But... I mean, he pretty much sunned the best player for 30, 40 years. Until the Kareem's and Jordan's and blah, blah, blah. Um... That's... That's tough, dude. That's, that's, I mean, he wasn't a player coach, dude. I mean, this is so much shit that Bill Russell... Like, the more you dig into Bill Russell, dude, it's just impressive how underrated he is. I... Dennis Rodman... I, I can't... I had to put Lisa above Dennis Rodman. Um, David Robinson pretty much did much of... You know, he had, he had a quintessential I'm hooping, but I'm not accomplishing shit uh, type of career up until they got Timmy D... I think that Dave Robson pretty much do anything that Bill Russell did at a period of time, but you know, I mean, Bill Russell started to do the shit he did, and Bill Russell went through shit, like guess, off the court that literally other than other black players of his time no one had to deal with, you know, he played in Boston, which is fucking Boston, so I mean even fewer select few had to deal with, with that um, I, I think he needs to be higher on his list, personally uh, Willis Reed's pretty much the quintessential Nick player, other than maybe Pat Ewing um Oscar Robinson, you know, the triple-double guy for the longest. Uh, playing a, you know, pretty fast pace, which people seem to miss out on in that period of time. But, you know, Oscar Robinson, a bigger guard. I think he played well in this, this offense. Uh, or this offensive error. Uh, Scottie Pippen, maybe the the most known number two option for a team. Um, they, you know, it's a guy that can both be underrated and overrated because... People always correct me, like, oh, well, you know, Jordan played with the best defender player, best defensive player, you know, maybe the best uh, Swiss knife player in the league at his period of time. And that could be true, but, like, I mean, Scotty seemed like he would have been mentally, he would seem like he would have been another one of those guys himself that would have been a career, like, almost, almoster, 
if it wasn't for Jordan. And maybe if you replace Jordan with a league average two guard versus just like remove Jordan and let's just keep him going, uh, maybe it would have been different. But he just said mentally he would be, be a successful number one option. Uh, at least one that would have won a title or two. But who knows, you know? Um, shout out to him for developing his offensive player, you know, as he got in his t- tenure as a uh, bull. Uh, Paul Pierce, 57. I really don't know how, I mean, like, if you get above Paul Pierce. So, Bob Pettit, Gary Payton, Chris Paul, Robert Parrish, Shaquille O'Neal. Robert Parrish is that much higher than Bill Russell? I mean, I think Robert Parrish do a lot of things that Bill Russell did, but, like, damn. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal Hakeem. So, Paul Pierce, like, to me, the difference is, I guess, Gary Payton was more known as a number one option then uh, to me for what i gather from what i've always read pierce pretty much just existed as number one option he was never like really taking serious as like a, a real contender you know by himself and i guess that might shape a narrative around how you view him as a player uh he was just another guy that was you know happened to be good as number one option and gary payton you know with what i i think and with his rosters being comparable to i think the uh the late 2000s Celtics in terms of relative to the league uh Seattle Supersonics he still did get to a couple finals and you know was I, I to me had an argument as one of the best guards in basketball at one period of time you know maybe Pierce was in the top five six seven you know small fours or wing players you know as a as a solo guy he just was not he just didn't have the narratives work for him that I think uh um, Peyton did as a top two option, uh, but past Peyton, I mean Chris Paul, Parrish, Shaquille O'Neal, Akeem. I just you really can't argue Pierce to be above them. Although I see why people get mad about the way Pierce is perceived. I think his anti-LeBron narratives, uh, kind of the failure to Boston to do much of anything outside of that one ring. Uh, you know, I mean, it's reasons for that injuries and such, but I, I don't think. I don't think basketball worked out well for Pierce in the sense of promoting him as being a top, a tier one or tier two player. That's just not how his story worked out. And again, I mean, there's thousands of players that aren't even tier three, tier four, tier five guys. So to be top 60 is not that, in my opinion. Um, so I left off of Hakeem, 51. I could be, you probably go into depth about Hakeem and Shaquille. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, 50. Steve Nash, 40. Wow, 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 wow. Chris Paul, five spots below Steve Nash. There was an argument when Steve Nash was winning MVPs that Chris Paul was an MVP caliber player, or at least one of the better players uh, at that position, you know, certainly. If you, like, kind of look at their timelines, I don't think that um, he would have had the kind of the team success narrative working for him that, that I think it worked for Steve Nash with his two MVPs. But, damn, five, I, I don't know if I would have him higher. But Steve Nash pretty much had peers with other elite guards. And then I think his... He didn't get a ring, did Let me see. I, I was thinking of Kid who got a ring with... Um, with uh, with uh, the Mavs. Let me see. Okay, I'm, not, I'm just going to look at accolades for a second. Um, two times most valuable player, eight times all star, pretty much from 02 
to 08 with 04 not counting. Uh, and then 10, 2012. Uh, three times fall uh, first team, two times second team, two times third team, five times assist leader, four times 50-40-90 club, ring of honor signs, uh, AmeriCup MVP, uh, Lou Marsh Trophy, what is a top Canadian athlete, two times WCC player, I imagine he went to Gonzaga, some shit, I'm sure. Santa Clara, wow. Um, and then re- retired by the Clara Broncos. Now let's, let's pull up Chris. I, I feel like Chris Paul. I'm hard pressed to think that. I, I, I really, I really don't know why I focus on this one so much. This, what is this? Like 20 minutes, 15 minutes? Um, maybe we'll just do the first half and then come back for a second. Half. Let's see, Chris Paul. Okay, so here's CP3 easy. 11 times All-Star, uh, MVP, All-Star game MVP, four times NBA first team, so more of those, more second team, and then only one third team to his name. Uh, all in all, that'd be, what, 10 selections versus Nashville at nine? No, three, two, and two, so he had seven. Okay. Um, uh, all NBA, NBA defensive team twice, and then all defensive first team, uh, he's getting those places after like pretty much reputation at a certain point, but all defensive first team seven times, rookie of the year, NBA rookie first team four times, NBA assist leaders. That's crazy. That he only has four. I feel like he's, but I mean, he spent a lot of his time. Um, he hasn't spent a lot of his time as like kind of this, um, you know, like ball dominant guy in a while. He kind of shared reps with Booker. Uh, shit with Harden, play with SGA, and then, you know, kind of as things progress, when you've gotten to the Westbrook era, I mean, <laughs> Westbrook, uh, Harden, his usage rate, LeBron went for it for a while, for a couple seasons, tried to go for it. Um, since the first team All-American, first team All-ACC, third team All-ACC, AC Rookie of the Year, uh, Basketball Male Athlete of the Year in 2004, First team Parade All-American, McDonald's All-American, North Korea, North North Carolina, Mr. Basketball, uh, two golds and a bronze of the FIBA World Championship. Uh, Nash had uh, silver and FIBA and then a bronze and FIBA. I, I'm sorry, I, I can't. I, I don't see how you would have Nash over Chris Paul. I don't. I'm There's no ring difference. Uh, the accolades all prone to Chris Paul. Chris Paul's was a point god. Uh, he got to the finals once. You know, I I think Nash didn't make it at all. I, I'm sorry, I, I don't I don't see it. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I don't I have no clue whatsoever at all why that would have happened. I, I I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> I mean, like, North Carolina's a really reputable, like, basketball state. To win Mr. North Carolina, <laughs> I, t- I don't see. I don't, I don't, I'm at a loss of words why the hits over him. And then he pretty much trailed off as a, a true number one option, you know, his last, you know, what, four years, five years? Uh, well, the statistics don't look too bad for, uh, for Nash. I mean, a, 15 point guy since you know 2000 and to 2000 and 
uh, 10. So 10 years of being a, a number one guy pretty much gave him about seven plus assists around that stretch of time, you know, 7.5 assists, uh, multiple 10 uh, double digit assist seasons. Um, the defensive size, I think, where did the difference, difference probably be at? But he was a knockdown uh, percentage wise shooter uh, ahead of his time, of course. Uh, was a point guard putting up pretty much 50%, uh, you know, percentages on the floor. Uh, played a ton of games over that stretch. From 2000, I mean, he was playing 74 plus games every season since 2000 to 2010. Well, he had um, 70, 2000. But, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, you know, I, he might be a little bit better than I thought he was. Let me just say that. He might have been a little better than I thought he was. But, I mean, uh, damn. <laughs> he went to, wow. From that stretch of individual success, like I said, 2000, 2010, he went to uh, 01, 02, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, 2010. So he missed two playoffs over that stretch of time. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I think that's pretty decent. He was a little bit better I gave him credit for. Uh, yeah, hey, uh, <laughs> that's pretty decent. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Chris Paul, you know, he is Chris Paul. Not as good a three-point shooter, I feel like, but he's kind of improved with the back half of his career, I feel like. Uh, pretty much, you know, the thing about Chris Paul, though, is pretty much consistency. Like, he, you look at even the, the mid-2000s to late-2000s uh, and 2020s and, and such, I mean, remarkably consistent, you know. Assists, like I said, kind of dip for a period of time. You kind of see where he's playing with other guys that were ball dominant, but Pretty much a double-digit assist guy pretty much his whole career for the most part. 9.4 assists over his career. Um, uh, about a two-steals type of guy. Uh, consistent 18.3 points per game, which actually is higher than... Higher than Nash. But Nash just gets killed by like the time he was playing as a... You know, either sharing reps with other points or kind of... A, the last Lakers career, uh, last Lakers season kind of also killed his points a little bit. But, uh, I mean, you got to give Chris Paul credit for being the man from the gate, obviously. Um, a five rebounds type of guy. Nash was about the same, right? The three rebounds type of guy. Okay. Um, and a percentage, I think, is where you really the jump. He's never, Chris Paul had pretty much a a three uh three season stretch where he's really like a a 50 percent from the floor type of guy and i think his three point percentage is killed he's like really not a 40 percent guy until like yeah two seasons uh the early stretch of his career where he was a 40 percent guy and then as he got to pretty much the latter stages of the 2010s where three points became a necessity he kind of gets a percentage up there i mean Quite a few 37 percentage type of uh, nights, but I mean, Chris Paul was, you know, hitting what, like, I mean, not Chris Paul, but Nash was like above 40% pretty much his whole career uh, as a three point shooter went. So that kind of explains the difference in field percentage, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I would take pretty much either or. Like, you really can't go wrong with either. But 
At least off of statistics, statistics will go. But I think I would say Chris Paul. That, that's just me. Because it's going to be a five-spot difference where I'm like, eh, you know. Um, where are we at? So, 75, half of that's about, what, uh, 37? 36. Um, I think we'll, we'll get to get 30. We'll just kind of, like, kind of speed through it here, 37, because we, 24 minutes. And we'll get to the rest later. Um, let's get to, let's get to 40, and then we'll cut it there. So Nash 49, Earl Monroe 48, Reggie Miller 47, uh, besieged by injuries, uh, but he was maybe the best two other than Jordan at a certain point in the league, and the kind of the the him and Jordan had their own dynamic, you know. So I mean, just off that association is going to work for him pretty well. Uh, but kind of fucked up by injuries, he bounced in the Palace here, never out of the ring because of you know situation like that. I think I think definitely one of the most like what if type of careers uh Reggie Miller would be in that kind of category. Uh George Mikan, uh another one of those kind of 50 60 type of players. Uh Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale being that much harder than uh than Bill Bill Russell. I don't I don't agree with that. Uh I just I'm sorry, I don't I don't agree with that. Bob McAdoo, Pistol Pete, another one of those what if type of guys. Definitely a guy that came way too early. I mean. Pistol Pete in 2000 and 15, 16, might be an MVP candidate. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's somebody that came just way too early. Uh, so shout out to Pistol Pete. Uh, Moses Malone, uh, Carl Malone, I, I think that was on purpose, putting those two back to back. Jerry Lucas, number 40. Uh, those are fun ones here at past that point. Damian Lillard, a top 40 player all the time. Kawhi Leonard, top 38. I'm going to leave it on that. Um, but we'll kind of cover some of the snubs. I guess maybe a spoil in a sense that, that this is what I'm looking at. Actually, let's look, let's look at the room real quick. So this is kind of speaking to the uh, 75th team and announcement. A total of 158 NBA championships and 730 NBA All-Star selections. A combined 110, 100 Kia NBA Most Valuable Player Awards and Bill Russell NBA uh, Finals MVP Awards. More than 1.5 million points scored. Uh, the 75th NBA team, NBA anniversary team, was selected by a Blue Ribbon panel of current and former NBA players, coaches, GMs, and team and league executives, WBA legends, and sports writers and broadcasters. Voters were asked to select the 75 greatest players in NBA history without regard to position. Uh, they did not rank their selections. Uh, current players, current and former players are not allowed to vote for themselves. As for all time of voting, that's why I included uh, some of those players. Uh, 11 active players, uh, Giannis, Carmelo, Stephen Curry, <laughs> Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron, James Harden, and Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. Uh, all 50 players in the NBA anniversary, 50th anniversary team, which is in 96, was selected to the uh, 75th anniversary team. Uh, the 75th anniversary team includes four players who played in the first NBA All-Star game in 51. Paul Arizin, who the fuck? Uh, Bo- Bob Cousy, George Mikan, and Dolph Shays. The first one of the NBA Kia Most Valuable Player Award. Uh, Bob Pettit from the 55-56 season. And the first winner of the Bill Russell NBA P Award. Jerry West from the 69 uh, finals. Uh, Bill Russell joins Kuzi, Micah, and Pettit as the only four players who have been named to all four anniversary teams. 25th, you know, 10 players named. 35th, 11 players named. 
the 50th and 75th. The 25th anniversary team was the, was the only one of the four teams to not allow for inclusion of active players at the time. Probably a lot of people got fucked up because of that. Only 10 players. That's weird. And only and a difference of 10 years and it allowed one more player to be added. That's very weird. Uh, six international players. Uh, 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 yeah. So, yeah. The volume was typulated by the independent accounting firm. Ernest and Young, LLP. I had a, um, I had a, uh, a dinner with Ernest and Young earlier, I guess yesterday, but, uh, I say today, but in a 24-hour uh, cycle. Um, they didn't have the voting panel, too, which I'll link in there. Uh, I don't want to say all these names, but pretty... I, some names that I trust. I mean, I don't see anybody off of here, and I'm just like, wow, they shouldn't be voting for this. Pretty pretty decent names, if I can uh, glean from this. Uh, shout out to Becky Hammond again on this list. Michael Jordan voted, too. Wow. I, you can't tell me Jordan didn't vote for himself, too. I refuse to believe it. They had Bill Simmons, right? Yeah, Bill Simmons, of course. Um, Steve Nash, Candace Parker, uh, Ahmad Rashad, uh, James Worthy, Lenny Wilkins, Peter Vesey, huh? Rudy Tamon, I can't pronounce his name, I tried my hardest. Uh, Hannah Storm, Eric Spoelstra, Eric Spoelstra, uh, Stephen A. Smith, oh, fucking goodness gracious. Well, Stephen A. Smith has fought a game for a while, so I'm not get it right, but, um, we'll come back. I'll come back and I'll do the rest of it. I got 30 seconds left, but uh, hope you enjoy part one. Uh, pretty fun list in my opinion. You know, some good names, some questionable. I think I think more questionable than anything is just kind of the rankings, kind of placement, so to speak. But I had fun. Uh, I'm gonna go back to bed or at least try to go do that. I hope you get to sleep too. Uh, get some sleep, my favorite clothing brand. Peace.